0: This is episode 12 of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. I want to first say thank you to each and every one of you guys that are tuning in and rocking with us on a consistent basis. I truly appreciate you guys. I'm humbled by the love and support. I just wanted to say thank you and express my gratitude. Now on today's episode, we have Coach Dwayne Gerlich of Seguin High School in Seguin, Texas. We also have Coach John Hurst of Reagan High School in San Antonio, Texas. Now, Coach Gerlich just announced his retirement after a wonderful 35-year career, and Coach Hurst has been in the business for 27 years, and so we had a great time talking about their childhood, the journey through the profession, the feelings behind retirement with Coach Gerlich, and, and much, much more. I hope you guys appreciate it and enjoy this episode just as much as I did. This is episode 12, Coach Gerlich, Coach Hurst. Let's get after it. How we doing, Coach?
1: Hey, I'm doing great coach, how are you doing?
0: I can't complain, it's good to see
1: you. Yeah, same here. You've
0: known Griller for a long time?
1: Yeah, I've known him quite a while. I um, met him probably, it's probably, probably met him uh, close to 20 years ago now, you know, kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, time flies. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was uh, He was college roommates with uh, Kevin Hamilton. I don't know if you remember Kevin, but uh, Kevin was just retired from being an assistant AD over in Northside. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin uh, hired me when I first moved up here to San Antonio. I was an assistant at Clark for him. And so that's kind of how I met Dwayne was through Kevin. They were uh, were roommates back at uh, TLC at the time, now T-L-U.
0: TLC, huh? Yeah, yeah. He said it. he said he's about to hop on right now.
1: Okay, Marcus, are you from here in San Antonio originally?
0: Yes, sir. I actually went to McCullum. Did you really? Yes, sir. My dad went to McCullum. My uncle's went to McCullum. Uh, so I, I went back home, so to speak. Oh, yeah, you're, you're local. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're a local. You don't like those Indians across the way.
0: Oh, uh, you know. And one of the episodes I taught, we I had a an episode with eric de los santos and chris adam yeah and uh we talked about it and uh i said you know growing up in high school i couldn't stand them but some of my best friends now and later in life they're indians and so sure you learn to love them
1: sure (laughs) sure that's one thing about being in you know multi-school school school district that I, i miss you know being from the valley originally and coaching down there and uh you know you kind of miss some of the rivalries there's something about when you got to go back and forth and play in each other's gyms
0: yeah
1: uh, that add to the rivalry i mean you know we still have some good rivalries we've got some schools and programs that you know i think our kids they get up for our kids and vice versa but it's not the same as when you got to go home and home in somebody else's gym you know every single
0: year I definitely i, I- it's an honor, like, just to be able to, to be a part of something like that. You know, every year, you know, our volleyball games, our, our baseball games, our, you know, our basketball games. It's, and it's so tough to win in the other gym. I mean, yeah. They really get on you, know, those fans. And uh, Yeah. But, I mean, but it's part of the game. you got to learn how to deal with that atmosphere. And,
1: and I miss it. I, honestly, I, I really miss that atmosphere. I'm, I'm, you know, I like it. I don't mind playing on the road in a hostile crowd. In front of a hostile crowd, if we can, obviously we would like to return the favor. You know, we'd like to have somebody come play at our place. But but uh, we played over in the Braunfels High School earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, and it, they they did their Silent Night game. It was right before the holidays. Yeah,
0: that was a good
1: student, You know, and I, I hear from all these coaches, oh, they're terrible, and they're so. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. You know, I I thought it was great. I, you know, we don't go through all this to play in front of. Empty, boring gyms. You know, oh. At least I wouldn't think so. There's the legend right there. He's in. He's in the uh, house. A legend in your mind. Not mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: a legend, nonetheless, buddy.
0: Coach girl how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are y'all? Well, you. Uh, I spoke to a guy the other day, so. Yep. Sounds, sounds like he's taking on the the, the job.
2: Yep, I am uh, retired as of uh, this week. But are you really? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's this pandemic stuff and everything that's going on. Who knows what everything's going to be like? And I just put in my 35th year, so wow, well, I'm actually I'm good. I'm 30, 35, be- 35 years. I got I got to tell you, Dwayne, you uh, you're old. Exactly, <laughs> and now uh, I'm putting those reins over to someone else. God, you know, well,
0: I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but just for perspective, I'm 35 years old, Coach Gurley. Uh,
2: there you go. look at that.
0: Wow. wow! I
2: started when you were born.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, I don't know if we've talked about it. When I was in high school, you guys eliminated me from our, our team from the playoffs my senior year. Uh,
2: I oh, guess right. a
0: are ago. And, and I and was uh, in
2: in the regional semifinals. Yep. Yep.
0: yep. It still stings. I'm not
2: going to lie to you, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shoot. Well,
1: congratulations, Dwayne. That's fantastic. Good for you.
2: Yeah. I'm figuring out what I'm going to do. I might have some kind of part-time gig uh, later on up at school. or yeah. Facility stuff, which I do already. And uh, we'll see if they work that out. But I'm, I'm good. I really am. I, I had a, a – Great time, and it's time to move on to my next uh, adventure.
0: Well, you did a heck of a job. I, I, as a kid, I remember your teams were tough, and then, you know, we played against each other several, several times uh, since I've been at McCollum as a coach, and,
2: God, those always good games. They were. I, McCullum's always, in, and you've just carried the tradition on, they've always been. I remember going back to Denny Smith, you know, mm-hmm. unbelievable teams they've always had. And uh, like I said, it, it hadn't stopped since you got there. It just keeps on going. Well, appreciate that.
0: Well, yeah. um, I want to first off just say thank you guys for jumping on. I don't know if you guys have been able to catch any of the other episodes, but um, uh, basically I just feel like the, the coaches in our profession, uh, we, we've got a great uh, fraternity of guys that um, just know how to connect with kids and change lives and make impactful relationships. And so – um, just wanted to get to know as many people as possible, and kind of get that out there. So I think it's important that the world sees that that what we do and what you guys do is much uh, more than basketball. And the relationships you build with your kids uh, um, help build young men, and and that's really what it's about. And and so, what is it about these coaches that allows them to do that, right? And so, um, we're not going to talk a whole lot of X's and O's. Really, just kind of get to know you guys and your story, and and and, and we'll just kind of. Carry a conversation from there.
1: Okay, looking forward to it.
0: Well, well, first off, how are you guys doing with um, with this COVID situation at home? How are you guys managing your time?
1: Well, we're we're doing okay. We're uh, I've got a son that uh, is, was supposed to graduate uh, here in about a week and week and a half or so. Uh, he's here with us, and I have an older son who's a junior out at. Uh, tech and he uh, was home for spring break and has just stayed here. We battled a little bit of cabin fever here and there, but for the most part, you know, we're doing all right. And um, you know, probably like most basketball coaches, just kind of miss our guys. You know, and, you know, professionally for for us, the spring's always a pretty big time of year. Um, so we're we're concerned about next year. You know, if we, if we're gonna. Looks like we're going to be able to to play a schedule, and you know, we're a little concerned about missing all this time in the spring for our development. But personally, it's—I've got to say—it hasn't been all bad. It's been kind of nice to spend time with, you know, the family. There's awful lot of time throughout the year, as both you all know that, you know, we don't get to spend time with them, and so it's—it's it's been pretty nice, uh, you know. Overall, I hadn't been in the doghouse too much, so you know, there's something to be said for that.
2: <laughs> Coach girly. Well, as far as uh, things go here, it's been uh, it's been really awesome with uh, family and stuff. My my youngest son uh, graduated from West Texas A&M in December. He played football up there, and uh, he's been at home. He's an assistant golf course superintendent out at Oak Hills Country Club, and so he's he's living here right now and still going to work. and Thankfully, he has a job at 22 years old and. He, he's doing good. My, my older son is a coach and uh, he's been doing the same thing as, as the rest of us. Uh, he coaches up in the south of Lubbock in Tohoka. He's a baseball football coach. So uh, family wise we're doing great. My wife actually worked from home. She's an engineer. Uh, so nothing's really changed for her. as a matter of fact, she's just gotten busier with everybody working at home now, all through the computer system. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I've actually got to do some a uh, lot of landscaping and honeydew list and uh but i do we we live on the lake here at uh Lake Mcqueeney outside of Saginaw. and uh i mean i I can give you a little picture of my backyard here, but uh it's it's actually kind of nice. I've got to enjoy you know some of the nice weather we've had uh so that's been nice uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say the same thing Coach Hurst said uh I had a lot of seniors this year, but spring is big for us. And I'll be honest with you right after the season I was planning on coming back I uh I, I had a I had a lot of fun the last couple of years and have some good kids coming uh really really enjoy being around them I enjoy going to practice and now with everything going on it's it kind of made me think of uh, a few things and like I said uh it's been really nice with the family and stuff too uh, at home and everything and I'm like uh you know, you're talking about different coaches and stuff and uh It's just a good opportunity for me to move on and give Coach Nolan the reins, and he was able to get the job. If people don't know, Coach Nolan played for me at Roosevelt uh, my first year over there. He graduated in 2000 from Roosevelt, so he's kind of worked up the ranks, and uh, he's ready to take over the head position. So uh, that kind of helped me make my decision on that part. But the spring's real big for us also. We get to know the kids a little bit better than we didn't back in the fall because you're just getting ready for the season. So we try to get that rapport, that personalized uh, information out there, learn the kids, not just what they do in basketball, but learn about their families and, and, and how they operate and stuff. And uh, that it, we weren't able to do that this year. And that's I, that's a concern of mine. And there, there's another in my thinking, like, okay, I think things are gonna change, you know, for a while. And I don't, it's not going to be the same when everybody goes back in August. I just don't see that happening. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go through uh, that situation. So anyway, that's, that's kind of where I was at on that. And, but like I said, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I love being with the kids and I do not like Google classroom. Just to let all y'all know, I'm <laughs> i I'm a, a hands on face-to-face person. So uh, like I said, that's part of the decision-making. But everybody's good, and uh, I do check in on the kids, and we give them workouts, and, you know, hopefully uh, Coach Nolan will be able to uh, keep them going uh, in, in the fall. Coach is a great guy. Coach Nolan
0: is a great guy. He'll do, I'm sure he'll do exceptional.
2: Yes. Yeah, very happy that he
0: got the job. Let's talk a little bit about your childhood, um, just growing up. I'll you know, briefly touch on that, maybe some influences in your life that – led you down this path of uh, coaching and education?
1: Coach Gerlich, you want to jump in there first?
2: Sure, no problem. Hey, uh, I grew up in a family of educators. Uh, my mom uh, was an assistant superintendent when she retired. Uh, my brother is actually the current athletic director at Colleyville Grapevine uh, Independent School District up in the Dallas area. Uh, my sister-in-law is the head basketball coach at UTA. And then my sister was an athletic trainer until she decided to get into administration. So I come from a family of coaches. But probably one person that kind of influenced me into the coaching, besides my family, was uh, my high school basketball coach. He really showed me about loving the game and and showing me the basics and how much fun it was. um, As growing up, uh, I probably that was the biggest influence. Uh, One of the big things is. Deciding to go to college and play in somewhere. Uh, I was a, a recruited, actually, a D- Division one recruit out for football. I played quarterback in high school. So I was kind of a tall, lanky kid and had many chances to go do that. But because of him and my love of the game of basketball, uh, I decided to go walk on and, and eventually got a scholarship and stuff. So uh, I would say he's probably been the biggest influence besides my family and and my mom and everything that I've been taught about education. One of the things I'd say about education is, and my mom always said, take care of your classroom. And uh, she said, if you're a good classroom teacher, it's obvious you'll be a good coach. And they do work hand-in-hand, the organization and things like that. So uh, that's kind of where I come from uh, on my background and stuff.
1: That was pretty similar. Uh, My my, uh, book, My Parents – We're in education. My uh, father coached thirty-nine years. My mom was a um, teacher uh, for, gosh, maybe thirty-four. We—I grew up down in South Texas. Everybody thinks San Antonio is South Texas. I, for me, shoot, it's it's solid Central Texas. (laughs) I grew up down in the valley, my uh, in Harlingen, Um, and I would say uh, I had several influences. I, I. Ironically, my parents really tried to discourage me from going into education. I I was the oldest in our family, and I kind of thought that's what I wanted to do, Uh, but I went off to college and uh, had some opportunities to do some other things, and my parents just really didn't feel like, um, you know, there was, uh, the pay was so low at that time, as you'll remember, when we first got into coaching. Uh, you know, they're just, the, the pay and benefits were not very great. My parents really felt like, you know, I should be trying to do something different and I did. I, I you know, tried my hand at a few different things. I lived up in the Metroplex for a while and was in, did some public relations stuff and it was kind of a, an exciting time. I, I, I kind of lived all around the country for about a year and a half out of college. Um, and I made a little money, had a little money in my pocket and I was single and, and, uh, and after about a year, year and a half, I, I hated it. I hated, I, I wasn't wired very well. I didn't deal with salesmen very well. I didn't like the constant um, you know, hustle and bustle of, of the deal. Uh, I liked working with people. I think about what Coach Gerlich said a little while ago about not caring for Google Classroom. I've always liked you know, working with, with people and specifically with young people. I had a pretty good idea when I was young. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I have, a, I have a younger brother who's 10 years younger than I am. And uh, my senior year, I was 18, I was coaching his Little League baseball team that summer. And I loved it. I had a great time. And I had a pretty good idea then, hey, you know I, I think I'd like that. Uh, I, I kind of grew up a big sports fan, but I, I really loved basketball the most. Um, my father is in four different Hall of Fames um, for tennis uh, and and uh, so I grew up in kind of a tennis family, but I loved basketball probably a little bit more than anything else. And so after I had kind of tried my hand at a few things, I went back and talked to my parents. I told them what I thought I'd want to do. My, my dad was one who kind of pulled me off the side and he said, listen, you know, I, I, I can tell you two things. One, you're never going to get rich doing this job. And two, uh, I can tell you, I never work, woke up one single time and thought, you know, damn, I got, I got to go to work. Said so, you know, I knew it was my job, but I just never thought of it as going to work. I, I like going up there. I like working with the kids. And uh, and as much as anything, the relationship with kids that I saw my dad develop and uh, the ability for him to kind of scratch his competitive itch, so to speak, were things that really appealed to me. I, I really, uh, you know, when I wasn't in education, specifically coaching, um, and, and my father was still actively coaching. I, I saw, you know, I, I miss the competitive situations. I miss the practices. I miss the games, obviously. And, uh, and, and so I just kind of felt like that was where, you know, I was being called and uh, so was fortunate enough to get hired on and, and then, you know, kind of conned people all along the way into giving me an opportunity. And, and then, you know, gosh, 27, 28 years later, here we are.
0: It's interesting to say that, like, I've never heard a coach in the business, especially one that that loves what they do, right? You never hear them say, God, it's only been five years, but it feels like forever. You hear them say, man, these past 25 years have flown by so fast um, because you have a genuine appreciation and a passion for what you're doing that they just seem to fly by, you know, and not a lot of people can say that about their profession. And so I'm
1: glad you said that. Well, I agree. I don't know about Dwayne, but I, I'm shocked that it's been 27 or 28 years. You know, for so many years, I always was kind of in a group of guys that was kind of one of the upcoming, you know, kind of hungry coaches and, you know, really trying to push hard. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we just had one of our track coach, our head track coach just uh, retired. And all of a sudden, I'm the oldest coach on our entire staff which is just shocking to me. I I can't believe it. Um, And, you know, you, you talking about yourself, you're 35 years old. My gosh, you know, you were, you know, in kindergarten probably first grade when I first started, it's, it's hard to believe that that could, that could happen. Former players of mine now have kids of their own. And uh, some of them aren't that far from being in high school. It just, uh, it's kind of flown by it's kind of surreal for me, but, to your point, I've loved it. I've loved. I've never regretted the decision I made uh, once I did it. Uh, unlike the other jobs that I, I kind of dabbled in uh, where I've, I did not enjoy those very much, I've never regretted it. But I've loved every, every second of
2: it. Yeah, going to practice is keeping me sane throughout all the years. Uh, I am just like your dad. I am a competitor. I, I want to beat you if we're playing cards. Or if we're going to go out there and see who can throw the ball the farthest, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just a competitor. Mm-hmm. So practice was always my reprieve. It was fun. Uh, that was never a job coaching, uh, ever, ever. Uh, like I said, I've always enjoyed going to, to work. Uh, and just like your dad said, John, uh, you know, you're not going to become rich. But I'm going to let you know some. If you do it long enough and you look at it, you do become rich. And it might not be in money. But you you did live a good life, you know, with everything that we've got to do in education and stuff. And, you know, we've helped a lot of young people hopefully become better people and hopefully make society better. But, you know, that's becoming rich for me. Uh, I can kind of see that. But uh, I tell you what, the pension's not bad either. I know a lot of people that are out in the private world and they get, you know, to be 60, 65 years old. And uh, they haven't really, they don't have anything. They have Social Security and that's about it. So it really is good. Just stick with it, enjoy it, and, you know, and have fun with the kids. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I could leave off with uh, uh, the part of coaching. Let's talk about
0: your, your coaching journeys. You know, where did you start out um, working the way up the ranks to, up until this point?
2: Okay, I, well, I'll go ahead and start. I uh, I started out in Pearsall, Texas, in 1985, okay. fall of 85, and uh, I was uh, – freshman coach. Uh, I I was the assistant basketball coach, freshman football track. I've uh, swept the floors. I cleaned the bathrooms in the gym. Uh, I mowed the grass. Uh, that was back, uh, John mentioned about the salaries. Uh, I'll let y'all know in 1985, I made $19,000 for the year. And I thought I was rich. I had plenty of money. Didn't even think about it. And I had a had a great time. I was always up at school, but that's what I liked. I love sports. I love being around the kids. I love coaching. And uh, it was fun. I think, I, like I said, I think I coached four sports uh, at the time. So I was always busy. And then I moved on to uh, uh, I went with my old high school football coach up at Dallas. So I was in the Dallas area for two years at Coppell High School. I was the assistant basketball coach, coached three sports again. I think I got involved in tennis a little bit John. I was terrible at it but I was <laughs> in tennis. So I uh, uh I I called myself the tennis sponsor back then. And then uh I was very fortunate at age 25 after 3 years in the profession I got my first head coaching job out at Hondo and I was there for uh, uh 4 years. Uh, made some of the best friends I I mean I still keep in contact with uh, and great people, uh, had a great time. Uh, the only reason i probably left there is cause I got married and I moved to, uh, closer to my next job and where my wife was working. So, uh, then I was in, uh, so I was in Floresville. I went to Floresville for three years and really wanted to get in the big schools and get into San Antonio. And, uh, my best bet was to take an assistant job. So I was a head coach for like six years and then went back to being an assistant. Uh, and I wanted to get in the system. So uh, very fortunate again that this just happened, that in 1994, they started uh, straight basketball assistants in Northeast. And I was actually very fortunate to get one of those jobs. So uh, uh, I think it was 95. That's what it was. Anyway, I was the – I was a assistant coach, and then I had to help with track. Uh, and I took the Churchill job. I was an assistant at Churchill. And I was there until 99, and uh, that's when I got the Roosevelt job. That's when the Reagan job, where John is now, opened up, and uh, Coach Littleton went from Roosevelt to Reagan, and then I took his job at Roosevelt. And so that's how we kind of moved around a little bit in the, in the district there. And I was there for 10 years, and then I lived out in this area, out in the Seguin area, Laverne area, and wanted to my, – my son was going to school in Seguin here, so we uh, – I, I, his freshman year, I did not get to see a lot. And if I could recommend anything to any coaches, uh, I had the greatest time ever, and John probably can uh, expound on this a little bit, coaching my two kids. It was some of the best family time, uh, not on the court so much all the time, but off the court, riding home with them, talking to them, not just about – you know, sports and what they did that night. We probably didn't do that much. Of that. Just, just being with family and talking about life a little bit, and talking about growing up and responsibility and character and pride and all that different stuff. And I was fortunate. I missed a lot his freshman year, but then I got the basketball job in Seguin. I've been here ever since. I've been – this is my 12th year in Seguin. So I spent a third of my career here in Seguin and a little over a third of my career in Northeast. So I was very fortunate to work for very, two very good school districts with some great kids and, uh, you know, have great memories of that. That's kind of where it's led to me now. That's, uh, I've done different stuff at again I've even done some athletic administration stuff, which I still do a little bit now. But that's kind of my road or my path to, uh, to, to uh, throughout my life and throughout my education and coaching career. And
1: been, and been successful every step of the way, I, I would throw in there.
2: Well, You're humble, but you have been. Well, thanks. I'm, you know, I, I know John's done this, and he, he's got his 400th win. Well, I was lucky enough to get mine this year, and I told uh, – I, I, one of the things they asked me uh, uh, was about the 400, and I said, well, there's, there's two things. One, I coached over probably no telling how many games to get there, Uh, but the other thing is I was very fortunate to have good kids and very talented kids. And without that, you know, it would have never happened. So I I was a lucky person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I had a, uh, you know, I uh, probably fairly similar. I started, uh, like I mentioned, uh, I was living in Dallas. I was still single. Um, uh, But I, I had my eye on on a girl that I thought would be the right one. And and sure enough, I was right. Uh, And I just knew that, uh, you know, it was kind of that time I needed to get, I needed to get on with a career, not just a job. And that's when I went back and talked to my father and my mom also. And, and um, you know, they, 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 they they did support me by the way. So my first coaching job, I, I got engaged and, and, uh, we moved down to the Valley, uh, Harlingen, where I was from. I'd graduated from college, but I didn't have uh, my teaching certificate, and uh, so I was able, uh, you know, while I was in Harlingen, to get on uh, an emergency certificate. Uh, I got hired. Uh, I was teaching at uh, Memorial Middle School. Uh, like Dwayne, I, w- I, I was coaching. I was teaching uh, probably five classes, I guess, at the time. I was the seventh and eighth grade boys and girls tennis coach. Seventh, and I think my first year the seventh grade basketball coach, my second year the eighth grade basketball coach, and I was volunteering um, up at the high school because I knew I wanted to eventually get up to the high school. So I actually went up and volunteered during football season. You know, my like I said, my father coached you know, 39 years, and he was the first one to tell me, "Listen, you wanna you wanna get a job, you better develop some relationships with football coaches." And uh, so I, I volunteered. Didn't know a hill of beans about what I was doing out there. I just tried to stay out of the way. Uh, but but worked for some really great football coaches. Uh, and then, you know, volunteered, obviously, during basketball season. Carl Owens, I had played for him uh, and then uh, coached underneath him. he gave me an opportunity uh, to actually coach, not just kind of stand on the side. Uh, so I was there. But uh, like you, Dwayne, uh, that was probably in 91, maybe 92. And I got—I uh, was paid nineteen thousand, and I got a whopping one thousand dollars stipend. No days, just that thousand dollars stipend for those sports. And man, we thought we had made it. We were—we were big time. We were flush. Uh, so I was there for uh, three years. Again, I had pretty good counsel, and you know, don't just go take any job. Try to make it a, a good situation. Um, a great coach named uh, Greg Kiger. I don't know if, if you remember Greg Kiger. He was at Del Rio for a while. Uh, but he had just taken the job at McAllen High School and was looking for an assistant. And uh, I guess Carl had given him my name. I got to go and interview with, with Greg, and, and um, it was a great move. I went over there for one year. Uh, he was an, another. Tr- Carl's in the Hall of Fame with over 800 wins. Greg uh, was, was a tremendous coach. Uh, and I w- my one year there with him, we were able to make it to the regional tournament. Um, and back then, you know, you had to go north out of the valley. There wasn't, there weren't multiple districts down there. And so you had to go north pretty early. Uh, we, getting to the regional tournament was, you know, almost unheard of. And so we had a great year that year got up here. I actually lost a Steve Silistine squad over at Jay uh, in, in the regional tournament. Uh, Quarterfinal or in the regional semifinals. I was there one year and then I got a call. Uh, ironically, I got a call over at uh, the athletic director and football coach, Leonel Garza, at Los Fresnos called and, and said, Hey, I heard you may be interested in this job. And I really was not interested in that job. Uh, no, they uh, they had not been particularly successful, uh, they only uh, had one gym. It was kind of known as a football school. and uh, And he was known as a football guy. Uh, but I thought you know, I, can't, I didn't want to be rude, and so I went over and met with him, and, uh, and I, I was so glad that I did. He was just a great person, um, a great coach. Uh, kind of long story short, we kind of went through the process, and uh, I wasn't smart enough to think of enough questions to eliminate myself from the job, so I ended up getting hired, and, uh, and it was a great first job. I was 30 years old. It was my first head coaching job. I I was really anxious to become a head coach. Uh, and he ended up being a a great mentor for me, um, was a great person to work for. Um, you know, I only got my butt chewed up at times when I deserved it when I was young and dumb, thought I knew everything, but I had to learn. And, uh, and he was really a a great mentor for me. He is now retired and is is now the uh, president of the school board in Los Fresnos. But, uh, I was there for five years. We, uh, we had been successful. We were making the playoffs, and uh, we, we, lived, we lived in Los Fresnos on, a, on, a, on some water, a couple acres. The quality of life was great, but basketball-wise, I felt like I, I really kind of wanted the opportunity to maybe try to coach at a higher level. Uh, at that time, we were a 4A. Um, and Los Fresnos, for those of you that don't know, is the school uh, enrollment was larger than the town population it's kind of a county school a rural school uh, about 70 percent of cameron county so um, i, I kind of asked around um, i applied for a couple of jobs up here in san antonio um, and i didn't get them but each job i didn't get they recommended me you know to apply for another one uh, I, had, I had applied for the um, uh, smithson valley job and and uh, didn't get it uh and coach hill had given my name to uh, Danny Padron over at O'Connor who had just left Clark as the football coach. And, and uh, so I applied at O'Connor and had a great interview there, liked him and didn't get that job. They, they both ended up hiring really good people on, but then Danny gave my name, coach Padron gave my name to uh, Kevin Hamilton, who Wayne knows really well, uh, who um, was the head coach at Clark. I was lucky enough to get hired on as an assistant like, Wayne said, I, it kind of, it became pretty clear to me that getting on in Northside or Northeast was, was really hard. And the more people I talked to, the more people, you know, I kind of heard the same message. Hey, if you're not in the system, it's really hard to get a job here. And so I left being a head coach after five years, was an assistant at Clark for three, had to go back and coach freshman football, which was not <laughs> super high on my uh, wish list, but, but we, we did it and uh and then that led to the opportunity uh Northside was as it still is just booming and they had opened up stevens high school and i was fortunate enough to get the, the head job there at stevens uh, we opened that it was there for five years uh and then and then you know um the reagan job opened up and uh, david wetzel was the head football coach here and i'd met david and we talked through a couple of things and interviewed and was fortunate enough to be offered the, the job here and uh, jumped on it, and uh, just finished my tenth year here. Hard to believe, but uh, ten years uh, here at Reagan. So, kind of, kind of bounced around. Similar in some ways to uh, to Dwayne, but but very fortunate. Uh, this is kind of where we wanted to to get to. We we liked this area of the state, and we knew that San Antonio people love it here. As y'all know, you know, I mean, people get these jobs like like y'all have had, and and you know, you don't leave. And and uh, there's a reason for that. Quality of life here, and the quality of education, and for basketball, the quality of play and the quality of competition is is pretty great. So we feel uh, really lucky, really fortunate that uh, that we've had some some uh, bounces go our way, and we've certainly had our share of uh, people who really helped us along the way get get to where we're at.
0: So you guys have had some amazing journeys, been to a lot of places, uh, but put in your time and you put in the work. So what would be something you told you would tell a young, aspiring coach uh, about the work that, that follows and, and how you move up the ranks? What would be some advice you'd give me?
1: Oh, the list could be pretty long. I'll, I'll start, Wayne, and then we, may, we can, we can kind of throw some things off each other. One thing that Greg Kiger told me when I was with him that one year at Mackay, High, um, you know, they called that Los Fresnos job, uh, somebody had given him my name. I really hadn't applied, um, but somebody had given him my name. Told him that I was interested, in, and I was very concerned. I didn't want to. I knew we were pretty good. I knew I was. I'd come from working with Coach Owens, who was a very successful high school coach. I knew they were going to be good. Went to Mac Allen, and and I knew I, I knew Greg was an outstanding coach that I could learn a lot from him, and I knew we were going to be pretty good. So I didn't want to just go take any head job just to be. You know, I really wanted to be a head coach, but I, I felt like I was kind of playing with house money, so to speak. So I, I talked with Greg and Greg Kiger gave me some great advice. He said, you know, the, the best thing I could tell you is for your career, when you're a young coach, you need to know what jobs to take. And more importantly, know what jobs not to take. Because as a young coach, we all think that, we can just outwork somebody, you know, we're going to, we can just put in more hours and we're tougher than somebody else. And I'm going to be the next, you know, coach K or Bobby Knight or, or John Woodner, you know, whoever, Hey, right? You know, you, you're just going to get it done. And they hadn't won there before because they didn't have me as their head coach, but I'm going to turn it around. But the truth of the matter is, as, as you get older, you understand, you know, there's a lot of places have not been successful in basketball because, um, the infrastructure for basketball isn't there. It's important to know what jobs to take and what jobs not to take. What is the administration like? Do they support athletics? What is what is your football coach like? I mean, you're coaching in Texas. That was one thing I learned early on. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're going to have to fight your football coach, um, then you're not going to be very happy, and you're not going to win long term. It's not. Um, very few places is that going to happen. But – you don't want to take a job. If you've got a good assistance job, don't just go take any job. If it ends up being a bad situation, what you end up, can, you can really hamper your, your career um, advancement because then you lose that job because things weren't in place for you to be successful. And now you can't get as good an assistant job as you just left. Um, so I think that was great advice from Greg hire I always tried to be a little bit you know, you can't be too choosy, obviously, you want to move up. But I do think it's worth encouraging all young coaches, Men really do your research, try to find try to interview them as much as they interview you. You know, what what type of administration do they have? What's the teaching load going to be? What are the other duties as assigned? All of those type of things, I think are, are really important.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to add to what you're saying, because they're all great points. And I've had people tell me some of the same stuff. But one of the things is, uh, be patient as an assistant. Uh, again, being patient is what John said, not just taking any job just because you want to be a head coach. And there's nothing wrong with being an assistant coach at a successful program. So be looking around at that. One of the advices that I learned from uh, an elderly coach, he was experienced and he was my assistant at Hondo. Uh, he said, uh, when you're looking around at, at head coaches and learning the system or learning your program, learn what not to do okay because a lot of coaches uh and if you're an aspiring assistant you know what you want to run you know you want what kind of x's and o's you're not you're not so much learning that you're starting to take little specifics from everybody but learn some things that maybe they made mistakes at and go okay this is what i'm going to do when i run my program and then then it usually works out for you uh one of the things is i want to talk about the whole staff at a school that you're looking at. And that is so important uh, about getting along with the principal, doing your teaching job, whatever that may be. If I can tell somebody, don't be one of these guys. Well, I'm a coach. I don't teach. And uh, and you're going to get along great with the teachers and get that rapport with them. You're going to have a lot more success with your kids and keeping them eligible and keeping them liked around uh, the high school. The other the other thing on on – on getting along with the coaches is, I mean, like John said, you're in the state of Texas. You could be at one of the best basketball schools around, but football still is it, – it is what it is. And I enjoy football. I enjoy going to the games. I had to coach football for ten years, uh, my first ten years in coaching. And I even had to coach football as a head coach in Floresville. Uh, and I was a JV coach, scouted on Friday nights. I think as a young coach, you do what you have to do to move up. Uh, Don't complain about it. It is what it is. I I get these young coaches. They they, uh, come in and say, uh, well, I got to go do football, man. I got to go to practice. I hate it. Well, you shouldn't have taken the job. It's part of it. It really is. And if if you're okay with that, great. And then don't worry about the money. One other uh, key point right here is, uh, the young coaches come in and you ask them to do something and they'll say, well, how much do I get paid for that? Well, no, if you come up the way I did, it's uh, you ask, what can I do? You didn't ask what, what's going on. You're asking, what can I do to make this situation better? And you work your way up and that's, that's how you're kind of like, you just go out there and work hard and do everything you have to, to make your program successful. But I think you got – if it's one key term, you got to get a rapport at that school, but you got to get a good feel for the school before you take the job. And that's what John was talking about. Doing your research, is it going to work here? But once you get there, uh, you've got to uh, sell your program to everybody and understand that, you know, education's first. Understand, yeah, well, football's probably really important here, but we're going to try to make basketball just as important but we're going to support the other sports also. And I think if you do that, you know, you can be successful in basketball and be well-liked and and move your way up to as high level as you want to be. Those are good points. All right.
0: Best game that you've ever been a part of. Best game that you have ever been a part of.
1: Joe, you kind of froze up on me there a second. Coach, can you repeat that?
0: Yeah. The best game that you have ever been a part of.
1: Ooh. Uh, well, unlike uh, Coach Gurley, uh, I've yet to coach in the state tournament. So, uh, if uh, that—that—that's the one game. You know, Dwayne mentioned um, you know winning our 400, which is great, and it's something that I'm proud of. But um, you know, I—I'm I, not a big numbers guy. I just want to win one game. That—that's uh, we had we had gotten far enough yet to play for it yet. Uh, but uh, I'm going to have to think about that a second. If i got to pick one, Dwayne, you got one off the top of your head.
2: Uh, I, I kind of have two. One's a win and one's a loss. How's that? Yeah, that's good. Okay. So, so we'll do the loss first. since It's, kinda, it, it's not a negative, but, uh, you know, like John said, I was, I was very fortunate uh, my, to be able to take a team to the state tournament. Uh, I I really, I mean, that's the biggest memory of my whole career to, is to go play in the Irwin Center and go coach in there. Uh, I know it's in the Alamo Dome now, but there was nothing better than the Irwin Center in Austin. Uh, it, it's The atmosphere was so good. And, and the year, you know, we played there, of course we're playing Dallas Lincoln and Chris Mosh and, and all the other studs they had on their team. And uh, the biggest – Fear that I had was all week long. Northeast was awesome. They gave me the whole week off to prepare. And all I wanted to do was, uh, yeah, everybody wants to go win. But the year we got there, it was uh, us and Lincoln and forward Dunbar and Beaumont Ozan, who had Kendrick Perkins. Yes. So, of course, we were the worst team there, talent-wise. I mean, there's no doubt, that these other teams. Uh, Lincoln was ranked number one in the nation at that time by ESPN. So – it was like, I don't want to get embarrassed. I've been to the state tournament. When a team shows up, they weren't very good. And back in the old days, the coaches would boo them. And, it, I mean, it was kind of bad, but they'd be booing the coach because they're not very good. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to be booed out of the Irwin Center. But uh, uh, prepared the kids and had an unbelievable time. Uh, I remember Coach Dickey from Sam Houston told me, he goes, enjoy the moment. Don't, don't let it fly by. And uh, he was right, you know. It, Go in there and enjoy what's going on. And say, hey, we made it. Sure, we want to win a state championship, but and hey, we made it this far. Uh, and in the game, the kids played great. We were we were up in the first quarter. We were only down two at halftime. Third quarter, we were actually up a little bit. And then Chris Bosch and company decided to like, whoa, this game's way too close, and they kind of <laughs> they turned it up a few notches. I, I can't give you our kids played as hard as they could. And did everything they could. It just there's more talent on the floor. We ended up losing by eight or ten, but it wasn't about the losing part. It was about the experience and what the kids got to experience. And I don't know that that was back in the time when people still win. It was 2002, and people still went to the state tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh, and they wanted to see Kendrick Perkins and and Chris Bosh. It was sold out. So I mean, what an experience! Got to coach in front of 16,000 people in the Irwin Center. And uh, it, it was just so much fun. So even though it was a loss, it's something I'll always remember. Uh, like, like John said, a lot of coaches, I'm very humble about it. A lot of coaches, they just want to be able to get there at least one time. Uh, this year I talked to uh, – and I feel so bad for him. Uh, my, my assistant coach at that time was Mark Gardner, who is the head coach at Brandeis. And after he made it to the state tournament, uh, we talked a little bit this year and it's like, man, I finally made it. He goes, all I've ever wanted to do was get back to the state tournament as a head coach. Since you and I went there, I was like, well, congratulations. And he didn't get to play it. I felt so bad for him on all that, but you know, it's, it's kind of an ultimate dream. But if I, if I had to pick a win, it was the game before that, uh, it's the regional finals. We played Sam Houston. We played him in, uh, at St. Mary's and, uh, what an unbelievable game. We were down the first quarter. We were down at halftime. And one of the things, we had played them twice. They were in our district. And so we split with them in district. We beat them the first time in a game at, at uh, Blossom that was – I've never seen Blossom that full. And John knows by what I'm talking about. People were all the way up to the rafters. Yeah. Right? And it was kind of crazy over there Blossom that night. We beat them there, and they beat us back at the Alamo Convocation Center. And so when we played the third time – It it was just such a battle. And at halftime, one of my kids who's from that area around there, he's like, Coach, don't worry, we got these guys. And I'm thinking, whoa, they got more confidence than I do right now. And it happened. And I might have either – I was either going to be the GOAT or I was going to be the hero. Uh, But this one thing distinctly I remember, and uh, it was a fourth quarter, there's like four and a half minutes to go, and uh, we had just went down and hit a shot. They went down and missed, and we're up one with like four and a half minutes to go. And I looked at Gardner and I said, I'm doing it. We went into four corners, and we stood there because Sam Houston was running zone. So you remember uh, Sam Houston at that time was huge. They were 6'10", 6'8", 6'7". That's, That's their good. front line. And so I said, well, I'm going to take my little guy. We're just going to go stand out here. And for three and a half minutes until the one minute mark, we stood there with the ball on our hip. And it was dead silent in the gym in a regional final game. Everybody's going, what is going – who's going to make the move here? I looked over there at Coach Dickey. He kind of looked at me. I didn't say a word. I didn't smile. I didn't do nothing. We just stood there you do not believe how nervous I was going, oh, my God, am I really making the right move here? And finally he came out and he fouled us. We hit a couple of free throws, and then they went down and missed, and we ended up winning the game. But it was just – I mean, I had more questions about that. I was like, you know, they're better than us. We have the lead by one. Make them play our game. We can handle the ball. Hopefully we hit the free throws. So it was – that's probably the most memorable game that I've ever had was to go to the state tournament. So that's, that's kind of the biggest one right there. So like I said, I have a win and a loss and stuff that I remember the most. When you coach as many games as I have, there's a lot of other good memories also. Uh, but those are probably the top two.
1: Well, I, you know, I, like you, I, uh, I probably, this is probably says something more about me than I should reveal, but, I sure remember all the losses more than I remember all the wins. I mean, there there's some just some gut wrenching losses that immediately come to mind. Um, you know, we had we had a great team when I was at Stevens and uh, lost in the uh, regional quarterfinals to uh, to a great Wagner team. Ended up having two guys go on and play in the NBA, and and, and I to this day I think we win that game if we have uh, we had we had a young man named Josh Orta. About a five ten guard, he was a great player, a great competitor, and he caught a cramp first time in four years in practice or game he had ever cramped up. He caught a cramp in his calf in the fourth quarter. I think he had twenty six at the end of the third. With all that talent on the floor, he had twenty six, and uh, and he caught a cramp, and we just, you know, we couldn't quite hold on. Uh, and then they had a great team, and Cliff did a great job with them. I was one. I, you know, we had a couple of just. Gut-wrenching losses since I've been here at Reagan, um, but I, I, I can—I'll tell you—I'll kind of go the other way. I remember um, our very first win as a head coach, and this is a true story. <laughs> And—and this will tell you when people talk about humble beginnings. Let me tell you, I, I got that job at Los Fresnos. So it's our first year. Uh, we we uh, we go out in our first game. We lose. Um, we go out in our second game, we lose, and uh, then we go. We're into a. Uh, I think we. I think we played our third. Yeah, we play our third game on a Tuesday. We lose, and then we're in a, a Thanksgiving tournament, and yeah, they're in. in It's actually in Harlingen, so we're 0-3. We go in the first round, we get beat. We're 0-4. We go to the consolation bracket. We uh, we lose again. Now we're 0- uh, five and uh, we're going into a guaranteed third game. And uh, like I said, Los Fresnos was a 4A school at the time. Uh, the, the basketball program was kind of, for uh, other reasons, was kind of in shambles when I took the job. Probably the only reason I was able to get the job, with no head coaching experience, but we're 0 5. And we're going to play uh, a, a team called San Perlita and San Perlita for those of you that don't know, is a 1A school. Still is a 1A school uh, down just outside of Raymondville, uh, northern part of the valley. But it's a basketball town. I mean, there's I say town. It's one building, K through 12 is the school, uh, and and they they've always been good at basketball. It's the only sport they have. No track. No certainly no football. No anything. Just basketball, and. Uh, and I am just thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I, I, you know, Mac Mac Mac, they look like they're going to go back to the regional tournament, and I left being the assistant there. We're 0-5, and, and we're going to get beat by 1A Samperlita, and I'm just, oh, I'm sick to my stomach. We go out there, we're playing hard. I, I like our kids, and we're playing hard, but we're just not very talented, and um, we're, we're playing well. Sure enough, we're playing in a little back gym and had a tartan floor. If you're Coach Alredo, you may be too young to remember those tartan floors, but it's like a little rubber floor. It was awful. Unair conditioned gym. It's about 127 degrees in there. And we're playing, we get a break. They, they get a couple of guys in foul trouble. Well, again, it's a 1A school coach. They've only got seven guys dressed out. Okay. And uh, so, and what made me think of this was Dwayne holding the ball there against Sam Houston. I'm going to kind of go the other way. We uh, we get them in foul trouble, and it's tight, and we're losing. But we're kind of slowing this game down, and I'm thinking, hey, if we can pick up another couple of fouls, maybe I'll have somebody foul out and get one of those starters out of that. Well, I'll kind of fast forward. Sure enough, they, they have a guy foul out. They're down to six, and then they have another guy foul out. They've only got five guys left. Well, we're still down, but it's close. And so uh, we start kind of, you know, being a little more methodical. We come down, we, we take a one-point lead, and they've only got five guys, and one of their five has four fouls. And, I mean, we get that one-point lead, get a stop, and get the ball, we cross half court, and I immediately put us in the four corners. Go stand out there and hold that ball. And we hold the ball. They had to come out and foul us, and it was the kid with four fouls. So we finished, first game, first win of the Coach Hurst's career was against a 1A school, and we beat them five on four. By God, we walked out of there, I thought about keeping the game ball and cutting the net down. I was so happy. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah, that, I, I remember that well in the back gym. And afterwards, oh man, my family, my parents, my wife, everybody was, it was just so relieved. Because beforehand, I thought, well... That's it officially we're the worst team in the whole state we we're, we're gonna we're just I, I, what have I done but we got that win and and uh and then we actually ended up going to win in fifteen or sixteen games that year uh, but but yeah, I remember that first game that was a memorable game to me and there's so many we've had so i've been so lucky to coach so many great players we've had certainly had our share of exciting wins, but it's hard for me to like I said, it may say something about myself. I, it's hard for me to not think about some of the gut-wrenching losses. They're just like scars on your soul. You guys know you—you've no. coached. I mean, there's—you know—you there. People talk about experience. So, to me, experience isn't anything. But you, you keep going, even though you keep building up all that scar tissue on your soul. Some of those losses just—you know—you keep 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 me up at night still.
0: Just like uh, the loss uh, when I was a kid and cubs team beat uh, our team in the regional semifinals. Yeah,
1: and he probably ran it up on you. He was probably a jerk, wasn't
0: he? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, let's, let's – uh, real quick question. Your favorite coach of all time, someone that you analyze as a coach. That,
1: that we worked with or just know or just kind oh, of in the yeah, world?
0: Of all time. I mean, it could like, be somebody you worked with, so –
1: uh, whoever, uh, Dwayne, you got one.
2: Well, if I if I'm looking at the college ranks, because if I had to say besides high school, uh, I love watching college sports. Period. I think it's pure, and uh, I've always been a Coach K fan. Uh, love the motion offense that they've run. I've always tried to take his philosophy and uh, in, in some of what John Wooden. Uh, using all the different uh, terms and different philosophy, different sayings that they had. Uh, but I, I would take his motion offense and try to simplify it for high school kids. But uh, I always trying to emulate what he did. I like different things. They always talked about the character and the pride and, and uh, the integrity of the program. And uh, so between John Wood and Coach K, I've, always been things that i tried to learn from read their books you know and and they're also family guys and that was something that was important to me how do you balance that how you balance family with with your coaching career and stuff so that was always real important but i would say those are my favorite you know and if i had to pick one other one in in the nba of course coach pop because he is different than any other nba coach and he will ever be around you know he's just he's one of those guys also it's Basketball is basketball, and then there's the rest of your life and the rest of the things that he tries to teach. And, uh, I, that's always kind of intrigued me a little bit, but those, that's real important. When I was a young coach in high school, uh, coming up the ranks and stuff, uh, I always looked at Coach Dickey because he was at a school where I was at and with the same time type of background so when I was at Roosevelt I used to call him all the time what do you do with kids to do this or, what do you do with that we had the same type of kids so it was kind of ironic we met up in the regional finals that year and I used him as a mentor for many many years you know calling and say, hey what do, what do I do with this situation what do I do with that it was, he was so helpful never never a time like oh I'm not going to tell you what to do here so that I, I would say through high school coaches he really helped me out a whole lot.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I mean, some of the names you threw out there, obviously in professional basketball pop, you know, to me is just on another level. Um, you know, I, I would also, at the collegiate level, I'd also include Bobby Knight. I was always a, a fan of the way their teams played. And then um, later in his career, I went to school out at Tech, and uh, my father and Coach Knight had a connection. we friends, and they, they used to fish some together. They'd go on fishing trips. And so um, and from way back... I was also uh, friends with Chris Beard, who's now obviously the, the coach out there, but we would, uh, my dad and I would go out and watch a bunch of, uh, about seven, eight years in a row, we'd go out and watch tech work out uh, the first weekend of the, uh, or the first week of NCAA pro, uh, open practice. And I was always fascinated at, you know, um, you know, how, how great he was at teaching the game, um, you know, and, and not just, you know, kind of the, Extra stuff that you saw and heard about on TV. Um, high school coaches. Every every high school every head coach that I worked with uh, was a tremendous influence on me. Carl Owens, uh, Greg Kiger, and Kevin Hamilton all, all uh, had just a tremendous influence on me in, in many different ways. Um, but if I had to pick one, I probably it's going probably sound a little uh, sentimental, a little sappy. But my, my father was always kind of my idol. Um, you know, I always, I just, I love the fact that he was so competitive, um, because I related to it, uh, that he had to find ways to handle it when, when he didn't win or his teams didn't win. I, I loved the fact that he could really coach kids hard, but then have such great relationships with them after they were done playing. At one time he had over, I want to say 22, 24 former players go into coaching themselves. Wow. And, uh. And, and he, had a, he, was, he was really supportive of me. We weren't necessarily all that close when I was in school. Uh, and a teenager, I was, uh, those were rougher times, but I really grew to appreciate him more. Uh, he, when, it, when I took that job at Memorial Middle School, um, volunteer coaching, he gave me my first uh, whiteboard, those KB, those corny boards. And uh, he wrote me a note on the back, and, and it had a quote. You were talking about great sayings and great quotes kind of the cornerstone of, of my whole coaching philosophy in, in some ways and, and I remember it I carry it with me to this day it's always in my bag always no matter where what what game or practice I've ever been to I've got it with me in the gym it says um, you know he tells me that he's proud of me but he said always remember if you're within 10% of their ability and in better condition with a little coaching you can win and I think there's I think there's a lot of truth to that I, I mean you know if you're if you're not within 10% of their ability, you know, you may have to, the stars may have to align perfectly, but but if you're within 10% of that other team's ability and you're in better shape, you've conditioned your team harder and better. uh, They're a little more mentally and physically tough than, you know, you don't have to be John Wooden or coach K or, or even pop, but just a little bit of coaching and a little bit of nudging them in the right direction. I think you can win. And, so because of things like that, I'd probably say he's, he's my favorite coach of all time. Um, and he'd be quick to point out to you that – he'd be the one to point out to you, it's okay, your, your favorite coach is a Hall of Famer. He likes reminding everybody of that.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's great stuff, guys. Um, um, I just want to say thank you guys for taking some time out today to talk uh i appreciate your insight you guys have a lot of experience and knowledge that i think is important for for young coaches to to get a chance to listen to and, and and it can be very beneficial should they choose to use it so thank you
2: guys very much thank you for having us i i appreciate talking to you even though i'm retiring uh i'm, I'm still gonna be around <laughs> might even uh help coach nolan out with some summer league one year or something but uh uh, I, I like what Coach Hurst was talking about, about his dad being his mentor and stuff, because uh, Coach Nolan, like you said, he had 22 players. Well, Coach Nolan's probably one of the oldest one of my players that's become a coach now. and had many assistant coaches become head coach. but they coached a kid that I coached in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that means a lot to me, too, just as well as John was talking about. So it was really kind of neat what John was saying. Uh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Well, Coach Alvarado, first of all, thank you for doing this. What a great idea. I'm, I'm blown away. This is really a, a, an honor to be able to look at the names that the coaches you've already uh, interviewed and then to be included with Coach Gerlich, who's you know, one of my all-time favorites. I, I can honestly say I don't know a single coach, and this is – I like to joke around a lot, but I don't know a single coach that has a bad thing to say about Dwayne and, uh, and And if they do – uh, they, they, they certainly have never said it around me. He's he's one of the best, uh, Dwayne. Congratulations on your retirement, uh, and wish you the best moving forward. I appreciate being included with a a guy of his stature. Uh, really, uh, it's flattering that anybody would want to hear any of any of my old stories. But uh, but I, I do appreciate it, and I appreciate being included. If we can ever help with anything, man, don't hesitate. Let us know or. We're happy to help. Happy to share some things with somebody else, since people surely helped us get to where we are.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Coach, Coach Gerlich, enjoy. Don't have too yeah. much fun on that water. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh, we're a little bit envious of you right now. <laughs> well, More than I'll a say. little. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna get rid of me. I'll still be around heckling or doing something. So. Uh. <laughs>
0: well, we're going to your tournament next year. Or to the Seguin tournament next oh, year. I'll be there.
2: I'll, I. I I can't stay away. I love sports too much. So I'll be around somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you guys awesome. very much. You guys enjoy your day. You too. Thank you.
2: Thanks,
1: guys. Appreciate you.
0: Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.